welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Well, hello, my curious colleagues. In this episode, my guest is my colleague, Leslie O'Flahaven. She is the owner of eWrite. Leslie is an experienced, versatile writing instructor. She founded eWrite in 1996, which leads customized writing courses for Fortune 500 companies, government agencies, and nonprofit organizations to help their employees improve their writing skills so they can do their jobs better. Leslie is also a longtime member of SOCAP, which is the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals, our industry group, and the former VP of programs and events for the local SOCAP DC chapter. She's also a frequent speaker at SOCAP conferences and symposiums. And this year, she's partnering up with SOCAP and leading a 10-week webinar education program for CX leaders and agents. Leslie is a LinkedIn learning author of six courses on topics, including all the ones we love, writing for social media, live chat and text, plain language and technical writing. So hi, Leslie. So happy you're here on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Denise. I'm happy too. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with kind of, you know, thinking back almost, what is that, 25 years? I can't do the math. What what was the intent of your business when you started it out? And maybe, you know, what is it now if it's evolved? Well, that's a great question. And my business, my mission has been the same all 25 and a half years. And that is to help people learn to write well at work. But what we have to write to write well at work has changed and changed and changed and changed. When I started my business in 1996, uh, leaders and people several rungs up the corporate ladder often had uh, subordinates who were writing their correspondence for them. That was back in the day. And of course, that's completely different now. So uh, the, the way people write at work, the things they're responsible for writing have changed. The people in our corner of the professional world in customer care, their writing has changed a great deal. So along with it, my business has changed. But my mission is the same, to help people learn to write well at work. Yeah. Noble, noble mission. Let's get into it. Um, and, and I'm wondering with technology everywhere and you know, ver- verbal skills continue to be used throughout those more verbal channels like the phone. It doesn't seem to be going away and maybe even video interactions. So those verbal skills are, are prevailing. What do you see regarding the importance of rep writing skills in the future? 
I think uh, customer service reps need really versatile writing skills in the future. They because the channels they use to write to customers keep changing. If you think about email and letter writing, they're not so different from each other, but they are somewhat different. Um, then you think about live chat. Live chat is a written conversation. And so there are new skills a person needs to succeed in live chat. You have to be really, really fast. You have to be able to type quickly and think quickly. You have to be able to keep track of the thread of the conversation, even when the topic keeps changing. And then you need other writing skills entirely to communicate in social media, where your uh, writing is constrained by length in some channels like Twitter, by the fact that you're writing publicly for th maybe thousands of possible readers, and that you hold your company's reputation in your hand. So I think uh, reps need writing skills, and these writing skills are ever evolving. How can we help reps? get more comfortable with customizing more of those, you know, fill in the blank spaces for us mm -hmm. moving forward. Well, I, we do need to help them become more comfortable and we need to expect them to become more comfortable <laughs> because if we use written communication with customers and it's all templated or it's all scripted or all copy and paste, that's horrible for the customer experience. It's horrible for customer satisfaction. And it causes a lot of problems with increased contact volume. Because when a customer receives any communication that kind of, sort of looks like a form letter, they, their suspicion immediately shoots up and they're harder to serve and more likely to contact you repeatedly. So if we're in charge of a customer care operation, we have to screen reps before we hire them to determine whether they can uh, free text within a template. And we have to train them if they're already on staff and they're not very good at it. It's a writing skill that can be learned. And there's also a climate of permission that allows people to develop this skill. Because if reps are afraid of being punished or, or, or dinged in some way on their quality right. scorecard, when they try to free text, then their willingness to free text is just going to drop right through the floor. So we need to, this to summarize, we need to yeah. hire reps who can free text. We need to train reps on staff who don't free text well, but we can build that skill in them. And we have to make sure there's no uh, disincentives for free texting. I'll give you an example. Some of the companies I, I work with are very, very touchy and fearful about language around apologizing. And a, a sincere apology will be a free texted one, mm. right? The, the template might say, might prompt the rep to say, apologize for the bad experience, but we shouldn't write, I apologize for your bad experience. That's a terrible sentence. We need to write, I apologize yeah. that the shipment was delayed by three days. I apologize that all the crackers in the box you purchased were broken. Mm -hmm. So we have to let the reps free text. And if they yeah. get in trouble for free texting, they'll never do it. Yeah. Great example. And I think what you're underscoring is that culture is very important. Indeed. Recently, some of my colleagues in other industries, um, 
are toying with the idea, and some even have, of eliminating the email channel. And when I first heard that, I really had to take a minute and just, you know, give that some thought because it really, it surprised me and I had, you know, never heard of that. And just wondering what your thoughts are on this channel for consumer relations as it pertains to CPG organizations and where do you see emails going moving moving forward, maybe some pros or cons? I think there's no reason to eliminate email at all, but there is every reason to eliminate bad email. And many organizations are doing email really badly. They're not doing the phone badly and they're too afraid to do social media badly and chat and chat bots are new and shiny. So they're not doing those channels badly, but email is kind of an older channel. It has no sexy, it has no sizzle. And we're doing email really badly. We're letting uh, people, making people wait too long for a response, Mm. which is not a a feature of email itself. You know, email could be answered in real time. And if you say, oh, please, that's ridiculous. I couldn't staff up to answer email in real time. Then just think about a corporate IT department. They answer email in real time. We can staff to answer email in real time. So too often we make people wait too long for email. We press reps to answer too many emails per hour so they're not reading very carefully. And we rely too heavily on templates, which makes for lousy email, you know. And so no wonder they're thinking about eliminating it because customer satisfaction scores are low in email. Hmm. But email is a great channel. Just do it better. You know, hmm. email email allows us to uh, balance the volume of contacts because we can ans- we answer email asynchronously. So we don't want to make people wait four days, but they can wait six, eight, 12 hours for a response. It also allows customers to express themselves in detail and it allows us to express ourselves in detail. So if you need detail, email is the great channel. Mm. Just do good email. It's kind of like when I was a kid, uh, people ate a lot more casseroles, you know, like tuna noodle casserole. That could be disgusting, but not if you make it well, it's delicious, you know. <laughs> so don't make don't make disgusting tuna noodle email. Make a good email. Wonderful Leslie O analogy. Love that. Very <laughs> memorable. Very memorable. Do you have a line of sight into the consumer expectation for types of communications that, that they might prefer? So, for example, a follow-up letter or email along with uh, reimbursement of some sort. Um, and I'm looking for this line of sight by demographics or life stages. And the thought behind this question is, you know, there's some trends out there, right? There's um, the postal service I heard was, you know, threatening to cut down their service hours per week. Um We've heard for years that the letter channel is going away, but it hasn't for some of us. Um, You know, I personally get so many emails at business and at home that, you know, sometimes I just I just don't want to read another email, you know, once I get home. So I'm just wondering if there's ways to maybe a ways around that is to customize by demos or life stages. So any any thoughts there? I think we'd start with the best practice that's, you know, uh, well-established, which is if you can continue to give service in the channel the customer initiated contact, keep Mm -hmm. going in that channel. 
So, you know, if the customer is in a live chat, you can offer compensation or a voucher in live chat. If the customer is communicating with you in Facebook Messenger or in social media, you can yeah. you can write a very sweet conciliatory customer loving DM in Twitter. You know, it it will it's meaningful. If you say something meaningful, it's meaningful. So, I would say first we in, uh, defer to the channel they chose. Mm-hmm. If it's not possible to show that we value the customer and to offer compensation or a voucher in the channel they chose, for example, you can't do it in the phone. You can speak the words to show you value right. the customer, but you have to compensate them in another channel. You can ask, you know, um, I'd like to send you a voucher Would you prefer that I send it to your postal address or would you like me to text you the link? And it could work either way. So um, you're Mm -hmm. right. Um, This is a new question because we have so many channel options, but it's an old practice. So we know we have uh, well-established protocols to, to act on. Stay in the channel, the customer contacted you in if you can do a good job in that channel otherwise switch to the channel where you can do a good job right and that and and now as you kind of alluded to that is an old adage meet the consumer where they are Mm -hmm. i think the caveat to that is unless you don't have that capability so let's find out that you know we find out for example i'm just making this up gen zers are really into using such and such to to contact you and you just don't have that capability yet um that's just something for you to think about but otherwise defer to the channel they contact you with and if it's a phone then ask them i think that's a very simple solution um Yeah. yeah for sure love that let's talk sustainability communications now you know that's it's been a buzzword for many years now um, but we know this topic has been, be, you know, really become increasingly important to the to the consumer. So I'm wondering for our colleagues, you know, how should we approach this topic and this this information that we provide to consumers? Like, really, what should be that level of granularity? Is it information at the brand level or should we get very specific at the UPC level? Um and, you know, how how granular should the reps be? You know, how conversant should they be on these topics? Because some of them can get pretty heavy duty carbon, you know, footprint and emissions and um, things like that. I think the corporate communicators owe customer care clear answers on this topic. This is not a customer care issue. The questions come in through customer care, but this is not a customer care issue. So the corporate communicators who are kind of like these fabulous thoroughbreds of communication, and here we are, we're kind of like um, draft horses. We're strong and practical, and they're fabulous and elegant. They need to write this for us, and they need to create corporate information at the website public-facing website, not in the customer care section of the website or the loyalty section or the where do I find my points or any of that. They, mm-hmm. need, they need to carry this burden because this, this messaging, it, it can be subtle. You know, uh, do you test your cosmetics on animals? 
No, we don't. Well, I'm a very, uh, I am a very wise and well-informed consumer, and I happen to know that your labs in the U.S. don't, but your labs in China do, right? So, do you t- test your cosmetics on animals? No, we don't. Well, now I have a consumer who I really need help handling. Reps need all; they need to be presented with beautiful, elegant, subtle, and accurate answers from corporate communications. That's an obligation. Okay. Hard line there. Um, mm-hmm. But I hear you because it, it is tricky. Mm-hmm. Not tricky, but it's technical and tricky. I think always, like always, you know, you would get maybe some sort of technical information and then consumer relations oftentimes takes that and puts that into some sort of consumer you know, easy to understand language. Um, You know, I think consumer relations can still do that. But what I'm hearing from you is it's even more crucial to get that beginning language from corporate comms. Indeed. And and I would say corporate comms, which may not be expert at packaging this subtle information for Mm -hmm. a, a person on the phone, they need to work a little harder and do it for us. Because there's some uh, complicated carbon market. And on that carbon mm-hmm. use market, we have established that, in fact, our clear cutting in the Amazon is being offset by some tree right. planting elsewhere. I'm a rep. I'm not, you cannot put that on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you can't put it on my manager's shoulders either. Corporate communications needs to figure out and help customer care in all realms speak about such issues. Yeah. So that partnership's important. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. I think that also consumer relations can refer folks to website information. Exactly. You know, if it's in a written form, if they want to get, you know, dig deeper into something as well. So there's always mm-hmm. that. There's always that. All right, Leslie, now I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball and and share with us what you think might be next for consumer relations professionals as it pertains to communications with consumers. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Let you go for it. Okay. In the best possible world, the future holds effective AI and chatbot communication in the best world. That's not the world we're in right now because most AI-supported or chatbot-driven customer experiences are frustrating. But in the best world, there will be AI answering the most mechanical of questions. And so what reps can look forward to is answering more complicated questions. And again, in my crystal ball, my crystal ball is uh, is is loaded with sunflower color. You know, it's a very positive <laughs> crystal ball. So I'm thinking reps will have more job satisfaction because mm. some of the repetitive and uh, simplistic questions will have dropped away. They will have more decision-making authority granted by their managers because the reps are answering harder questions 
now. Mm -hmm. And in my future, my dream future, <laughs> reps will be deputized to switch channels anytime they need to. So it came in as a chat, but what would really work is if I could get on video with you. Hmm. Or it came in as an email, but would really work is if you could share your desktop with me. So I'm going to go join yeah. you in a Zoom. Or it came in as, as a video uh, chat interaction. But what would really work is if I could email you back because you need this documentation in writing. I want to send it to you. Right. So that ability to switch channels, that's what I'm looking for. Deeper job satisfaction because AI mm -hmm. is handling the you know thousandth time you've been asked whether you're open on Sundays and uh, more trust from your managers because your job is actually harder, uh, more complicated now. So you deserve more trust yeah. and the freedom to switch channels. That's what my crystal ball yeah. tells me. I like your crystal ball. I know. Um, it's great. Yeah, it really is. And mm -hmm. it really is very freeing. That that notion you have of the reps as deputies or, you know, they, they have that that ability to de get deputized, if I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm quoting you correctly. But I think even more important is that deeper satisfaction you're alluding mm -hmm. to because, you know, everybody talks about employee experience and EX and this, that, and, you know, um, it, it's important. It mm -hmm. is important that your, um, your reps, your brand ambassadors are happy. You know, I ask everybody on the podcast, uh, if they have a volunteer group that they'd like to give a shout out to. I absolutely would. Mine, I live in the DC area, in fact, in Silver Spring, Maryland, and mine is called A Wider Circle. And okay. the, the web address is A Wider Circle. And it is a, I think it's about 20 year old community organization that helps in many ways to uh, end poverty. And it helps mm. in sophisticated, long-term ways with job coaching and uh, job support services. And it helps in practical ways with helping people furnish their apartments because we live in a wealthy suburban DC area. And there are people in our community mm. who are sleeping on the floor. <laughs> you know, yeah. they do not have a table and chairs. So from in all different ways, a wider circle creates a wider circle and I've been a volunteer with them and I'm loyal to them. And I, I would, I'm grateful you'd let me mention them. Oh, surely. Thanks for sharing that with us. How would people um, reach out and connect with you to learn more about your services over at eWrite? Well, any old way they want. So you can always come to my website, which is eWriteOnline.com. And you, you can contact me there through my contact form. You can email me at leslie at eWriteOnline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, Leslie O. Not Leslie Zero, Leslie Capital O. <laughs> <laughs> so, and follow me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, uh, or connect with me on LinkedIn. I, yeah. I read all my LinkedIn messages. I'm, I'm not fancy. I read all of them. So yeah, if you you're... reach out to me there, I will be uh, responding. Yes. And you're very prolific as a writer and a speaker. And I was out on your website and you've got dates for things coming up. And of course, you've got the SOCAP 10 week webinar and your LinkedIn learning. So there's a lots, there's lots of places that um, folks can, can learn um, about your points of view, as well as working with you directly. So just put that plug in there. 
I'm, all, I'm here for it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean that sincerely. And also I want to say sincerely, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday to chat with me on the podcast. It's absolutely my pleasure, Denise. Thanks for connecting with me and, and uh, working together to plan our conversation. That meant a lot. Thanks again. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time.